This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. And welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out on the homestead. Millard back at the estates and Jared Justice inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Woo! How about that game last night? A little bit of everything except for the extracurriculars, and I didn't miss it. It was just a great hockey game. Uh, the, The expected slow start, and we kind of set the table for that, uh, mm-hmm. Going off of uh, the the comments to, from the morning skate, and then the second and third period was as good a hockey and as fun uh, of an atmosphere to watch hockey all season. It was a great game and a, and a great result. And nineteen six and one, keep going. I, I I'm kind of sad that they're going to play right away tomorrow because I'm I'm really hooked on this nineteen six and one. Yeah, nineteen six and one. That's uh, that's not a bad record through the first 20 26 games of the season it's it's insane yeah it's it's absolutely crazy and you know like i'm gonna give you a little bit of uh, of a shout out here darren because you set the table for the sharks being more confident and and showing better last night than they did at any point in time over those two games in San Jose. I think you were right on the money there. The Sharks came with a really solid first 20 minutes of that game. And, you know, if not for Marc-Andre Fleury, probably would have been up going into that first intermission. But Marc-Andre was equal to the task. It was great team game. And you talk about the goaltending, buying in time, and then the, the rest of the athletes, cranking up their game and finding their rhythm. Pete DeBoer is going to join us, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, in just a little bit to discuss so what's happening with his hockey club and this type of run. And he's been to a couple of Stanley Cup finals, and uh, so he's been around teams who have been on magical stretches. Uh, 19-6-1 is a magical regular season stretch. Uh, we'll also get our uh, rankings from the game. It, uh, what did Mark Stone say last night? What Wasn't did Mark Picasso? Stone say? Didn't it wasn't a Picasso. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't a Picasso. But, uh, <laughs> okay. but in our rankings, uh, in our rankings, a Picasso is, is a Bob Ross. So if Mark Stone has already said it's not a Bob Ross, then I might have to reevaluate it because I thought it was a, a really good game. So we'll give you, we'll give you our <laughs> rankings. And there's, there's a lot of news coming out uh, around the National Hockey League, one-timers and beyond. We're actually going to extend and expand one-timers because there's so uh, much juice uh, in and around the other three divisions of the National Hockey League that I want to bring people up to date on. Uh, some of it north of the border, some of it on the east coast, some injuries uh, to tell you about, some some trade news uh, to bring you up to date on, those that uh, could be traded and those that won't be traded, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, we'll also uh, get into a lot of that. But the Golden Knights uh, expand their division lead uh, in the west and to four points, and they do it in sensational style. Yeah, I, I mean, again, we look at the game last night, and you know, as as we 
as we expected, it was a bit of a challenge in that first period, but I think the way the Golden Knights were able to respond in the second and third period where they where they get their legs, they start to, to really control the game, and they're playing down low in the offensive zone. Like it, It's amazing to me how this team is able to take advantage of their opportunities and then just take over a game. Uh, Pete DeBoer is uh, on the line. He is with us, uh, joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, your assessment uh, on, on this run that the team is on right now, not just uh, the last three games, Pete, but 19-6-1 is just one of those stretches where it's hard to imagine a team getting off to a, a start like that. Yeah, you know what, Darren, it's... Uh... It, it's been good. Uh, it's also been a lot of hard work behind the scenes uh, by our players. And uh, I think it it really started in laying the foundation of our game. And, and we really felt, even when we lost to Dallas in the conference finals, that, uh, you know, we felt good about uh, the majority of the parts of our game. We felt uh, that we, we had the ability to win every single night almost against good teams. Uh, and we didn't get it done at that point. So there was obviously some things that uh, we needed to fix, but we wanted to carry the good parts into the start of this season. And, uh, you know, I think I think we've done that. I think we've been solid defensively. I think we've gotten great goaltending. And, uh, you know, when that's uh, your foundation, uh, you have a chance to win every night. Is there an area that's impressed you or made the most progress uh, from this training camp into this season that's allowed you to be so successful? Um, you know, I, I think uh, um, I, I think our penalty kill, you know, from when right. I took over in January, is probably the, the biggest. Uh, um, uh, in, uh, has seen the biggest improvement because you know we, we changed everything about it, uh, and. Uh, it took a while, uh, and, and now it's become second nature, and, and, it, and it got really good in the bubble, um, and, and I think uh, we've picked right up uh, where we left off now during the regular season with it, and uh, it's been a, a, a continued strength um, of our team. I, I think the other area has been offense from our defensemen, and, and I think adding uh, young guys like Haig and Coughlin, White Cloud was already in the lineup in the bubble, but you know he's in a different level now than he was even then. And uh, and these two young kids uh, with their ability to, to move pucks and and create transition and offense for us, I think it has helped the overall game. Pete DeBoer is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Pete, Mark Stone's been on an absolute tear this month. We we all agree that Stone is a superstar, but is there an aspect of his game that maybe gets overlooked or he doesn't get enough credit for? That's a good question. I, I think I think when you have a player like Mark Stone, and, and I've had a couple over the course of my career, uh, you know, a, a Joe Pavelski is a version Um of him, uh, Zach Parise in, in New Jersey, uh, when I started there, is a, is a version of, of Stone. Uh, you know, all, all obviously with some different strengths and weaknesses and, and abilities, but uh, it, the thing about all of those guys is it doesn't matter what 
situation you're in as a team, uh, they have the answer for you. You know, if you need a goal, they have the, the answer. If, if you need to defend the lead, they have the answer and the ability to do that. If you need a shot block, they have the ability to do that. If you need a, a scrap uh, uh, or a fight, you know, they have the ability to do that. And, and those guys with, with those type of uh, characteristics uh, are really rare. And, and when you have them and they're as selfless and, and have leadership, uh, you know, those, those guys are foundation pieces. Has this is a hard one because I think the record is better than I even expected. Uh, I don't know whether that's a fair question to ask you or not. I, I, I certainly predicted that you would challenge for first place, but being nineteen six and one is so off the charts that it surprised even me. Uh, you know, I, I think. Um this is a hard league to win in. And I think, yeah. I think the thing you're probably going to find this funny, but the thing I've been most impressed with was our ability to finish off, uh, and win the games we're supposed to win. Um, you know, cause those are often the hardest during the regular season. You know, you can get up for the Colorado's and you know, it's going to be a battle for first place in St. Louis and, you know, in Minnesota, but, uh, you know, when you look at our record against San Jose and Anaheim and some of the teams that, that uh, you walk into the game, everyone says, well, you're supposed to win. Um, you know, that, that that's really tough to do in this league, and especially when you're playing a team multiple times in a row. And, and I think, you know, that, that for me has probably been one of the most impressive things about the group. Would last night fall into that category? I know it was a bit of a trap game coming yeah. off the road, but... Yeah, absolutely, uh, a thousand percent. That 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 that's exactly. I mean, that's the definition of a trap game, right there. You just played two emotional games at the end of a long trip uh, on the road. You know, traveled back, back changed two time zones. Uh, you know, the, the clock jumped ahead, so you lost another hour there. Uh, short day of rest and back at it. You know, there's an emotional factor of a letdown to it, and. And I think we saw that in the first period, you know, and, and you know, the funny part was our, the oldest guy on the ice, uh, you know, had the most energy, which is, uh, <laughs> which was Marc-Andre Fleury. And, uh, you know, he gave us a chance to, to find our game. So explain to me, and, and Ryan, jump in after this. Uh, everybody knows that it's going to be tough to get going in, in the first period. That's just physical reality. Yet, yet. The guy that's most important has all the energy. It's weird how that works in in, in Mark Andre. Yeah, it's a little like you in the beer league on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I you, build you the him, confidence. You and him have a lot in common. That's probably where it ends. Right? Your energy when you get on the ice. <laughs> yeah, we both build confidence. He builds it in your own team, and I build it for the other team. Uh, that, that's how the, that's how that works. <laughs> Pete DeBoer on with us on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, Pete, you've you've been to two previous Stanley Cup finals. When you kind of look back on and reflect on those seasons with those teams, were there moments within the year where you felt that? or that, that this was a team that had it in them to go all the way to get to the Stanley Cup final? I, I think, I think you, uh, you have a feeling that uh, um, with a group at a certain point, for sure, and some, sometimes 
that feeling builds. You start in camp and you don't think you have a chance. And then all of a sudden, I think I had a team in New Jersey the, the year we went to the Cup where, um, you know, if you had asked me in training camp and early in the season, I think we were 500 until Christmas. I, I wouldn't have predicted it was a Stanley Cup finalist team. Uh, but we built our game through the season, and uh, you know, and by playoffs, we were really rolling. Um, you know, San Jose uh, was a little different in that. Uh, you know, the minute I walked in that dressing room, I, I felt that this is a team that could compete for the Stanley Cup. And Vegas has been the same way for me. From the minute I walked in the room, I, I felt that this is a team that could compete for the Cup. But you know, when you say that. Um, there's probably 10, 10 of us sitting in our coaches' rooms around the league saying the same thing. And, you know, to be the last man standing in that group is the toughest trophy in, in sports to win. And, um, you know, you need a lot of things to go right to, to separate yourself from, from that group. Do you think Mark Stone's made enough progress that we can get him into that uh, real legitimate Selkie conversation? Heck, a uh, heart trophy right now, too. And I, I've got my own opinion on that. But Selkie is, is it just seems like an obvious one right now. Yeah, the, the, Selkie, the Selkie, you know, I mean, I know he's, he's been in that mix in the past. But, um, you know, for me, uh you know, I think both those trophies, we should be talking about him, uh, you know, because he's been that important to us. And, uh, you know, I think uh, if you ask the coaches around the league, you're building a, building out a, a, a line to, to shut down uh, Connor McDavid uh, in a game seven. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Mark Stone's one of the three guys on it. Uh, Pete, uh, appreciate your time. Congratulations on the success as uh, we approach your first half, but the National Hockey League season actually passed the first half last night. Uh, can you believe we've got another, another half a season to go? <laughs> no, I can't. You know, it's, uh, it, it, the schedule has been a little overwhelming. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of practice time. You don't get your traveling or playing, uh, but the players have handled it exceptionally well. And, uh, you know, the, the product they're putting out there for people, I think, is second and one. You're right about that. And uh, you're, uh, you're a real uh, treat to us uh, to be able to do this on a day off, too. Uh, appreciate it, and keep her going. Thanks, guys. There's uh, Pete Tabor, Vegas Goal of the Knights. Why is He's, it that uh, people like to ahead. make fun of my goaltending? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen you play goalie, so uh, I don't know. Um <laughs> But, I mean, if enough people say that you are um, the A ultimate confidence talent. builder, yeah. no, 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 that you're the ultimate confidence builder. And, like, I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can go with that. Marc-Andre Fleury builds confidence for his team. You're absolutely yeah. right. Darren Millard builds confidence for every other beer league player that's playing against him. That's totally fine. <laughs> Make sure everybody has fun out there. You never want to go home without, uh, without scoring a goal. Everybody it, scores, everybody wins, everybody gets a beer. It's it's made me reevaluate uh, my desire to to get back on the ice and play and not play on your team. Like uh, like I want to I want to play against you now. The, so the Mark Stone discussion and it took a another step last night, mm-hmm. just because it's another multi point game. Yep. He's got the point streak up to eight. Uh, he's got another game winner. When. He's on a roll like this. He does deserve consideration to be among the game's elite. 
And the more I'm, I analyze it, the Selkie, mm-hmm. because the Selkie trophy is for, for defensive attributes. But you sure. also need significant contributions at the other end to be in that mix. Right. And in, in my evaluation of Mark in the past, the only thing that's held him back from winning that, he's always had the ability to take pucks away. He's always been the responsible one and, and been able to kill penalties. The defensive part of the game, he's top tier at. To be able to elevate his game offensively and be among the game's elite mm-hmm. is, was the only thing that was missing. Was he a top 20 scorer? Yeah. But mm-hmm. to be Selkie, you got to be top 10. He's in that mix. He, and now he's been so good, he's not only Selkie, he, we're talking MVP consideration. It'll take elevating his game and pushing it another notch and a half to really be in that mix. Sure. But he's closer than, than I admit I thought he would get. So, and that's that's kind of the argument that I was posing yesterday is that Mark Stone, based on what he's been able to do so far this season, and this assumes that he continues to keep up this pace, and whether or not yeah. uh, that's a realistic which expectation, which is a frantic pace, sure. But and and you know what, like it might be unrealistic, but what if he does, right? Like, let's say Mark Stone just has one of those years where everything comes together. The, the extra responsibility that he feels as the captain of this team propels him to that offensive season that you've been wanting to see, hoping to see from Mark Stone. That puts him squarely in the conversation. Like, I think at this point, if Mark Stone continues to play the way that he is, or even if he ch- just drops off a little bit, he will be on ballots for the Hart Trophy. I'm not suggesting that he's going to be a front runner or going to win it, but he at least belongs in the conversation right now based on this season that he's had so far. I, I want to break it down for you to more simpler perspective. Okay. The West Division. Who's the best player right now in the West Division in the first half of the National Hockey League season? Is it Nathan McKinnon? No. Injuries have have yeah. been a factor there. He just hasn't been in the lineup enough to be considered the best player in the West Division. Jordan Cairo, Ryan O'Reilly, no. Been okay. Good. Really good. But yeah. no. The 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 player that's been the skater that's had the best first half in the West Division is Mark Stone. And yeah. that's that's saying uh that statement when he plays on a team with Marc-Andre Fleury and he plays on a team with Max Pacioretty, Alex Petrangelo, and Shea Theodore. He's outperformed them all, and he's outperformed the entire division. If you're the best player in your division, you will merit votes when it comes to MVP. You're still going to compete against the Austin Matthews, the Connor McDavid's, the Leon Dreisaitl's, uh, mm-hmm. and those players from from uh, Canadian teams that are a little bit more high profile the Chicago Blackhawks and Patrick Kane who is having a wonderful season uh, this year and will be in the mix you're still competing against them but when you are the best player in your division in this season where you're only playing inside your division you will get votes 
as the most valuable player in the league. You know, and, and it's interesting when, when Pete talked about, you know, what Mark Stone brings to the table that, that might be a little overlooked. It's the fact that it's whatever the team needs in a given moment of the game, right? Like there are times where we see Mark Stone come out and have five assists because that's kind of what the game needed from him. We've seen him great defensively in key moments. We've seen him score big goals. Uh, Six of his 10 goals this year are game-winning goals. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to me that the numbers are there, but the situations in which he is taking games over, that adds a little bit of weight to me as to what he's doing and how historic it is for this team, this division. And you're absolutely right. Mark Stone is the best player right now this season in this division, and I don't think it's all that close. And what does separates, uh, what separates him, for me, his goal scoring. Ten goals. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, he, can, he, can, he can set up Max Pacioretty all day long, and I'll be blessed. But when you start getting into the same goal-scoring area code as Max Pacioretty, and Max Pacioretty's having a really good year, mm-hmm. and, and any other year we'd be talking about Max Pacioretty closing in on Kenny, Kenny break 40. Kenny hit the 40 mark like he was uh, on pace for a year ago. Uh, the, any other year, that's what kind of pace he's on. And Mark Stone is in the same area. That's where he's taken the biggest jump in 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 converting opportunities to become elite is he is as much a goal scorer this season as he is a setup man and uh, and a distributor and the defensive side of the game and being a shutdown guy. Uh, his being a five tool player is is great, but the that fifth tool. Uh, in, in his in his toolbox has become just as valuable as as the other parts and and again I fully admit that yes. I'm late to the party on this uh, <laughs> but there was a part of me that wasn't sure that he could become the elite offensive player I'm wrong he's he's done it for half this 56 game regular season. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here. With the confidence that he has, the team that he has, the line mates that he has, and the opportunities to play with all of that under that umbrella, we could be watching one of those special seasons uh, by a player in the National Hockey League. He's a superstar. He's going to play on Canada's Olympic team. He's, yeah. that, that's a no-brainer. And the more we talk about Hart Trophy, you know what else? that does the more the better he plays mm-hmm. and becomes uh, a candidate for the heart trophy the more the selkie becomes a no-brainer because you'll always you'll you'll say okay is he as good as kane yeah he's, he's having a great season uh mm-hmm. but there's there's this maneuvering uh with with mcdavid where does he rank with matthews where does he rank yeah he's in that mix but the selkie yeah that's an obvious one and this... and that that the the conversation may not lead to a heart trophy at the end of mm-hmm. the year that that's just being uh honest with ourselves it's a, it's a difficult trophy the best player in the game that's uh, a difficult trophy to win but if the trickle down is that conversation leads to a selkie mm-hmm. uh it's still really impressive 
Yeah, I, I think that the the heart consideration, the the conversation surrounding Mark Stone being in the mix for that award strengthens the argument that Mark Stone should be the absolute runner front runner for the yeah. Selkie Trophy. And and that's really kind of where I think this leads this season for Mark Stone. It is it is announcing himself as the premier defensive forward in the game right now as we speak who is taking his offensive game to another level and providing everything that his team needs on a given night to win hockey games and 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 become the, this team that they are at the top of the division 19-6 and 1 it's it's amazing what he has been able to do with with this team this season and the captaincy um it, it's it's a joy to watch are the golden knights better than you expected you know it, I, yesterday I said I said that this is kind of what I expected from this team. I mean, you look at you look at Pete DeBoer and you look at the record for the Golden Knights under Pete DeBoer last season, and you consider 48 games they've played regular season games. He's got 34 wins in 48 games. Like this is just kind of what the Golden Knights have been under Pete DeBoer, and I think that a team that expects to be among the the elite in this league, always had it in their DNA to come out and do this. I don't know that I expected 19-6-1. I expected them to be at the top of the division. I expected them to, to, to really try and make a statement this year. So I think the Golden Knights are probably better than we all expected them to be. But this is not, I don't think, an ex, uh, a, a, a new development to them. I think that they are right where they expected to be. Yeah, give us a call. Uh, what's the phone number again? 702-876-1340. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to hear from you. Are the Golden Knights better than you expected? There's a difference between first place and being 19-6-1, in my mind, in the my way of thinking. Give us a call. Let us, uh, let us know what you think. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Hope you enjoyed Pete DeBoer calling into the VGK Insider Show, checking in with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And it's also really nice to hear people, and because we don't get enough, we're in these Zoom calls, and we don't get a chance to interact with uh, each other uh, very often anymore. Just have a normal conversation and discussion. Chirp each other a little bit and uh, and go back and forth. Uh, the phone lines are open, 702-876-1340. Give us a shout uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Let's go to line two first. And, Mike, you're on the VGK Insider Show. Are the Golden Knights better than you thought? Is this me? You can hear me, guys? Yeah, I got you. Hey, Mike. Yeah, so here's, hey, how are you? Um, well, first of all, it's a very special season, right, the way uh, uh, Flowers playing and all of that. Stone, it's great. Having said that, enormous fan, all of that. Having said that, we have no clue how good or bad this team is. They're not a bad team. My point is we're playing these opponents, four of which on a regular basis we are clearly better than. The Knights are better than the four Cal- three California teams and Arizona from top of the lineup all the way to the bottom. I don't think that's arguable. You may argue it, but I think we are a better team. We beat them most every time. 
and then we sort of slug it out with the other three. So the real danger is that we get into this sort of complacency, we hit the playoffs, and then we get stunned either, you know, um, out of our division or in when we play for the, the conference final or something. So I'm really, because of the nature of the way the season's set up, I really don't think we know. I'll also say this. It's certainly exciting to see the poke check and, and, and what Stone's doing, a patch and everything and all that. But at some level, it's boring because at some level, we're playing the Anaheim Ducks every night or the Sharks every night. I get up for the Blues games. I get up for the Colorado games and the Minnesota games. The rest of it, frankly, is a little bit boring to me. So uh, I know, yeah, people, I... you know, that, that's my point of view. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. And uh, just to just to play off uh, a couple of things there. Uh, you're right. We don't know compared to the rest of the league how good the Golden Knights are. But I can tell you this: that the same conversation and the same points that Mike brought up are being raised in Toronto right now. They're being raised in in Florida, in both Tampa Bay and Miami, and they're being talked about in the in the East Division where. Teams are having really good success, but you you don't know. So that uh, that is just a, a reality because of the, this Champions League format. Well, and and the other the other aspect uh, to Mike's call is is that you know you're you look at some of those games, right? Like you you just you you mentioned and said that some of the games against LA against Anaheim watching those games it's boring because it's just the same song and dance well the reality of the situation is the golden knights have to go out and win those games like imagine you you view it the way you do from your lens imagine having to go out and perform like it's one thing to get up for colorado st louis minnesota it's another to be able to perform and get the wins that you're supposed to get pete talked about that in the first segment on the show that to me shows a team that, that is focused on a singular goal, and that goal isn't just regular season success. It goes beyond that in establishing those good habits when, it, when you're seeing a team for the seventh time or you are seeing a team for the first time. That's something that I think is overlooked with this team right now as well. Yeah, there's something to be called uh, schedule fatigue. It's a new term that's, uh, that's coming in uh, to our vernacular over the course of uh, this regular season, playing the same team over and over again. Let's go back to uh, the phone lines. Uh, line number one, Mike, uh, welcome to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, thank you for the rare opportunity to talk to you guys in the afternoon. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we we sometimes chat on the post game, but never in this venue, and I appreciate it very much. Um, what I wanted to say is this is not a team that is overachieving or by yet. Uh, you haven't won at Minnesota, never, ever in the history of the franchise, and that's going to have to be done eventually, maybe. Uh, I don't know if it ever will have to be done or not, but it's Mike, they did nice win. They, they did win once in Minnesota uh, in 2018 or 1918. Uh, they it? wanted a, sh- a shootout there. Sorry, that's right. Just yep, once. yep. But it's certainly not happened recently, and, no. and uh, there just seems to be a jinx of some kind there. But that would be nice. I know the in the 1987 World Series, the Twins couldn't win in St. Louis, and St. Louis couldn't win in Minnesota. And as a result, the team that had the home ice advantage won, in that case, the home field advantage, won the World Series. So be that as it may, I do think they could be, the Knights 
could be one component part away because even great teams have a tendency to get one extra component at the trade deadline. In every sport, this happens. Do you think that will happen to the Knights? I think there will be some tweaking. Uh, I think you'll you'll do something uh, at the trade deadline. I don't think they, they necessarily need it. Uh, we actually have this this discussion on our table for VGK Roulette this week. Uh, chemistry. Uh, do you do you, do you fiddle with that chemistry at all by bringing somebody in? Uh, interesting question, Mike. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, let's go back to the phone line, Stephanie. Uh, line open, uh, Stephanie. You're on the VGK Insider Show. Hey. So I did think that the Knights would be very good, but I didn't think that it would be on this path that they've taken. Right, going into this season, I looked at it, and okay, we've got uh, gained Petrangelo, we have Leonard and Fleury, they'll have strong goaltending for um, back-to-back and reduce fatigue on them, and um, we're up to this point now, and we've had Petrangelo out for a few games now, and Leonard hasn't been available, so it, it's just kind of interesting to see that, yeah, I thought they'd be good, but I didn't know that they'd be this good, with, and not full strength right yeah you're right that that's an awesome point stephanie thanks for the call uh you're you're totally right on uh with mark stone with alex patrangelo with uh with a rotation of the goaltenders everybody's healthy everybody's going yeah but mark andre Fleury playing 16 of 17 games alex patrangelo uh out of the lineup for a couple of different stretches and using all the young kids on the on the blue line ryan this is a different route to 19-6-1 no, it absolutely is. And and you look at the fact that the Golden Knights have had to deal with injuries and not just injuries to, to a couple of players on the fringe. They've had to deal with key injuries. Shea Theodore had missed some time earlier on in the season. Braden McNabb missed time earlier on in the season. This Those are not insignificant injuries. Now, of course, Alex Petrangelo out, Will Carrier out. And the fact that the Golden Knights have been able to remain consistent and remain uh, in the position that they are in currently speaks to their depth. And when you look at kind of approaching the trade deadline, I think if there's any position or any spot that you want to to add in terms of, of value, it's it's going to be depth players that you think can help you in the event that you deal with more injuries throughout the, the playoffs. But right now, this team's got something going, and this is a team that is is pretty much complete. Uh, could you always add or find something? Sure, but you don't want to to fundamentally change or subtract anything from this roster right now, uh, because the Golden Knights, from a chemistry perspective, have the pieces to to really really do some damage in this division. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. 876 1340 We have uh, one line open right now. We'll get to your calls in just a um, second. Uh, the goaltending has been the story. And when we talked about Mark Stone and being a Hart Trophy candidate, yep. Marc-Andre Fleury figures in that discussion as well. And it's the, the wording of that, and I, I'm loath to go down the path, but I will. Mm-hmm. The wording is most valuable to your team in hockey, in the Hart Trophy. And it's like it's neck and Wait, neck. Hold on. Who's who's most valuable to your team? Hold on, it's not the best player with the most points on the Oilers. No, 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 no. no. Okay, all right. Just that, curious. That's a, that's cool. a pretty that's a pretty good one. Uh, so <laughs> the, 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 then you have to have the conversation: is like who's who's the Golden Knights MVP? 
that's a conversation before you get down to the Hart Trophy or Vesna or Selkie. That kind of uh, conversation has to be had. No, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, and like I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not in a position where, where I think goaltenders should not be eligible to win the Hart Trophy. Like if you have a goaltender that is clearly the most valuable player on your team, and yeah. something amazing happens, then they absolutely should be in the running for that trophy. That is something separate than just the Vesna for best goaltender in the league. So, I mean, I think Marc-Andre Fleury certainly merits some conversation in the Hart Trophy talks because he's been that good and unexpectedly relied upon this heavily because of the injury to Robin Leonard. You have to really think about where the Golden Knights Mm -hmm. might be if not for Marc-Andre playing at this level throughout the season. Mark with a K and Mark with a C. Uh, Terry with a T. Welcome to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I just really called to uh, say how much I appreciate what you do and how much I enjoy the show. I was a uh, a pretty casual hockey fan up until four years ago when the Knights started to play here. And uh, the show, the more I've been able to listen to it, uh, the more I learn, the more I enjoy it. There's a lot of nuance to hockey, and uh, I find this is a good place to get that and also keep up with uh, things that are going on in other places in the league. So, I don't really have much to say besides, uh, you know, I love the Knights. I never miss a game now if I can uh, uh, make it to the TV or down to the arena. And uh, uh, just a one quick story. I have a friend who's a hockey coach in uh, Colorado, and uh, I was able to use the term shinny in conversation, <laughs> I believe correctly, with him on the phone, and he got a kick out of that. He said, where did you hear that? And I said, uh, I heard Darren Millard talking about playing shinny as a young man in uh, Canada. And uh, I had never really heard that term before, but uh, he thought that was pretty funny that uh, someone he perceived as a pretty casual hockey fan would would know what a game of shinny might be on a cold night. That's fabulous. I love it. Uh, You know, Terry, our goal is to make you the smartest person and most educated person at the water cooler when you have those uh, discussions, either at work or or with your buddies, and to make sure that you've got some knowledge uh, to lean on and uh, spark some debate and give us a call whenever you you want to talk hockey. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Really appreciate it. And uh, go Knights go, because uh, this is... This is something really unique. This is something really special. And uh, I've I've been covering this sport, uh, this league, for a long time. And there's been uh, a few different starts that stand out in my head. And one of them was the Ottawa Senators. The year they went to the Stanley Cup final. Mm. And they had, I think there was five losses uh, approaching the, the, the halfway through the point of the season. And you're like, are we watching something really spectacular the the, the Montreal Canadiens team that won uh, four straight Stanley Cups at the uh, the end of the 70s uh, decade uh, also where you're just going this doesn't matter what the opponent is doesn't matter what the situation is uh, the Oilers are going to find a way to win this game 9-8 or or 2-1 uh, very rarely 2-1 but it uh, that that's what we're looking at uh, right now sorry to those that we couldn't get uh, to on the phone lines but uh, Ryan when when you evaluate the Golden Knights performance. I want you to think about this for the top mm-hmm. of the next hour. Yep. Mark Stone and Mark Andre Fleury are brilliant and having exceptional years, career years. Is there a person, player, that you look at at the second half of this National Hockey League season where they will take that next step and and become one of those influencers 
on the outcome of this team. Uh, we'll leave you with that. And one more call. We'll squeeze in Terry because uh, you've been waiting on the line. Terry, uh, a different Terry. Uh, welcome to the BGK Insider Show. All right, guys. Hey, um, yeah, to answer your question, if you look at face value on paper, definitely, of course, um, you know, the team's off to a better start than expected. I mean, you could say this or that about the competition or whatever, but, you know, when you really look at the season, I've used this word before. One term seems to describe this team pretty well is um, resiliency. You know, they went to lost that um, the, the winter classic when they were playing Colorado and went, went down there to Denver and beat the Avalanche the next time. They came off of the back-to-back against the hot goaltender for the Wild, lost those two games, maybe had a chance in those two games, never won in St. Louis, and they came back and beat them. So, I mean, you know, the thing is, good teams find a way to bounce back, and I'll just leave it at that. Thanks, guys. Bye now. Appreciate it, Terry. Terry's a regular uh, contributor to the postgame show. He's right. They, they faced some adversity uh, through the Colorado stretch and won that last game uh, in Denver. And the adversity coming off the two losses against the Minnesota Wild stood up. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you want to face those areas, those pockets throughout the regular season, and you want to face them head on and come out better the other side. And I think that as we, we sit here and we see how the Golden Knights have responded to those those stretches in this season where they haven't maybe played their best hockey or and the results that they wanted, I think they've they've proven that they can bounce back, get right back in the win column, and start to do what they need to do in order to get to where they want to go. I've I've been incredibly impressed with the Golden Knights so far this season. A player or area that will separate themselves from the pack and become a contributor to the success in a major way like Mark Stone and Mark andre Fleury. Who's that going to be? That's the discussion at the top of the hour. But up next, the good news of the day, a foul edition of the good news of the day on Fox Sports Las Vegas. If you've been charged with a crime or DUI, don't gamble with your lawyer. Get the most effective defense and get results. Call the Vegas lawyers at 702-707-7000. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And hey, everybody, we made it. We made it. It's <laughs> finally here. And though I don't want to allow myself to get too excited because I've already been burned once before. What are you talking about? Hold on. I'm getting to it. The Anaheim Ducks will wear their reverse retros tonight for the first and last time this season. You heard it correctly, the first and last time this season. Wild Wing, in all of his glory, is going to bust through the ice tonight, and I defy anyone to make fun of these sweaters. Although, I will say this. Go ahead. They haven't worn their reverse retro no. sweaters yet? No, no, no. Remember when we built up the Golden Knights reverse retro sweaters versus yeah, the when they debuted. Ducks reverse the, the, retro the red, sweaters? The yes. red ones sweaters debuted, yes. and they had all uh, all around the rink. It was the mm-hmm. it was Wild Wing, the cartoon yep. duck, and I kept making fun of it, but they were, they were yep. going to wear it. And then they came out because they pulled a fast one on us, and yep. we didn't have it. They were they, so they were supposed to? 
Yes, they were scheduled to wear that. That was on their schedule of the of the two occasions they were going to wear the reverse retro. They didn't wear it in Vegas against Vegas, and I don't know why, but they are based on the the Anaheim Ducks Twitter account, which has sent out some some pictures confirming some of the goalie setups for tonight's game. They're supposed to wear them tonight. Now, listen, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because I really want to see it, but I'm a little irritated with the Anaheim. It's a terrible Ducks. sweater. It's no, an it's awful fantastic. sweater. It's no, it's, it's really amazing. It's beer no, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's, it's so men's What league. is wrong with you? It's so Who? good. Why do you hate fun, Darren? Yeah. This is like a weird Canadian thing. Like what? what, what Darren is that? hates fun Millard. That's that's you. Oh. I, I have been called the fun sponge around my house. Have have you yelled at anybody to get off your lawn today? Just curious. No, but but old man Millard does tell people did to slow down in my neighborhood. Did you did you start screaming at a cloud randomly today? But there's fun, and then there's professional That's sports fun. fun. Okay, I will say this: they don't Is even want. Hey, hold on, no, 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 they hold on, don't hold on. even want to wear the sweater themselves. Okay, I don't care whether or not they want to wear the sweater or not, but I do find it interesting that the only two times they were scheduled to wear it is on the road. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, what does that tell you? No more questions, Your Honor. They don't even like are the you, sweater. Are you are you guys embarrassed by this sweater? We got to we got to no find comment. out uh, what that is. I heard uh, there's a, a blue sweater one time that uh, that Brett Hall didn't want to wear at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got that from a from a guy that I interviewed just recently. Uh, we are going to uh, reset, take a break, come back, and uh, give you an idea of uh, who's going to take the next step in the Vegas Golden Knights. Join Mark Stone, Mark Andre Fleury. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show. Stay with us. Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marcia fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcia 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. How'd you like that first half of the National Hockey League season? The Vegas Golden Knights uh, charge from the gate, a schedule that is dominated by home games, and then they go out and win four of six on the road in the longest uh, trip of the season before coming back to T-Mobile and racking up a 19th win of the campaign in front of the largest crowd of the year, 20% capacity in the rink. And plenty more listening on the radio and watching on television. It's the VGK Insider Show, keeping you up to date on the best team in the West Division, the hottest team in the National Hockey League. It is your Vegas Golden Knights. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace getting you uh, set for the return to action tomorrow night in which the Golden Knights will try to make it uh, another victory against the San Jose Sharks, and that would be five in a row this season, head-to-head against their once- Strong rival, now 
just sliding into the background. Uh, we'll get more into uh, that. Plus, we'll check in with uh, Dr. Odell in the neuropathy front uh, in just a little bit. And one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and there's a lot going on in the NHL. So this is going to be a, a great hour of radio for you from the hockey front. And also want to tell you, Pete DeBoer was with us during hour number one. If you missed any of that, uh, just sign up to the podcast, and uh, you'll hear uh, Pete DeBoer comment about uh, what is happening with his hockey club, the 19-6-1 record, and his star player in Mark Stone, his captain, which is carrying the weight. I asked uh, Ryan uh, Wallace during the uh, first hour, come back to this segment and give me a player that you think could raise the level of their play enough that it would put them in a conversation with the likes of Mark Stone and Mark andre Fleury from the first half of the campaign. Do you have a name for me? So I've got, I've got two names, and unfortunately, I feel like they're already kind of there. And Jonathan Marchessault and Alex Tuck. Now, you look at the season that Alex Tuck is having, you look at the consistency with which he is finding the back of the net. I, I mean, I, I just think that in terms of career year, in terms of getting a guy to contribute on a level that you you kind of always expected was there or, or believed was there and then seeing it come to fruition. That's kind of what you're getting out of Alex Tuck right now. And the question is, can he continue to do it the remainder of the year? Because if he does, then I think that puts him on that level with what we're seeing out of Mark Stone and Mark andre Fleury. And the same goes for Jonathan Marcheseau. I, I, I look at the way his game is progressing so far this season. Uh, everything that I just said about Alex Tuck, I, I find myself coming back to with Jonathan Marcheseau. It's the best hockey I've seen either of those players play. Right. The consistency out of Jonathan Marcheseau, the level of commitment, uh, and what I what I see out of his game and what I hear out of Jonathan Marcheseau in the Zoom interviews, but also when, when Stormy chats with the, the players at the intermission, there's been a couple of times where we've spoken to Jonathan Marcheseau and his level and evaluation of where the team's game is on that particular night, they might need more. And he's very blunt and upfront with that. Or they're playing great, and he's and he's enjoying that moment and and watching his teammates succeed. But I've I've never witnessed this consistent of a performance from Jonathan Marcheseau producing points and scoring goals as what we've uh, taken in this year. And I I think that that line they've been on a run for a while here. They're not getting as much out of it as they're putting into it, and I'm waiting for that to happen. And when that line explodes, and I think it, it's going to just erupt into uh, enormous success, like what we're witnessing from Pacioretty and Stone and what we're witnessing from Tuck, it's, it's going to take this team, believe it or not, to, an, to another level, and I didn't expect the level that they're at right now. Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely, absolutely fair. I mean, there it, it's hard to look at this team, and when you're looking at the contributions that they're getting from, 
from the certainly the top of the lineup, top six of, of this lineup, and then you look at what they're getting out of their defensemen. And I'm not just talking about Shea Theodore or Alex Petrangelo. I'm talking about the Dylan Coglins and and the Nicholas Hags and the Zach Whiteclouds and, and really Alec Martinez, who, you know, 13 points in 26 games. I don't think there's a lot of people that really expected that out of Alec Martinez. So, you know, top to bottom, this is, this is a team that's getting uh, – really consistent and strong contributions top to bottom and that's what you want to see obviously you look at uh, kind of the struggle to score in in your bottom six outside of say Alex Tuck but I think as as you kind of pointed out that seems to be coming with Nick Waugh, Alex Tuck and Tomas Nosek gaining more and more confidence every single game and I, I think there's growth on the back end as well uh, yeah. Shea Theodore played Arguably his best game of the year Saturday and was good last night. I think from a consistency standpoint, we want to see Shea Theodore uh, string a few games together and get mm-hmm. back to that level that uh, that he approached to being one of the top defensemen in the game in the bubble last year. There's, a, there's another level there. And Alex Petrangelo has approached being really comfortable where we're saying, Alex Petrangelo has found his rhythm. Alex Petrangelo is playing as good as he has as a goal tonight. And then COVID hit. And then the injury hit. So when, you, when you're talking about your two best defensemen still have that, re- that level to get to beyond where they are right now, that says a lot for your team. So Marcia so and Tuck are great choices. Theodore and Petrangelo are guys that could dominate the league. Not just a game and yeah. not just a stretch of the season. They can dominate the league. And we witnessed it out of Alex Petrangelo in the playoffs before with the St. Louis Blues. And we watched it firsthand with Shea Theodore last year. Those are the two guys that I think can get to the level of carrying this team the way Mark Stone and the way Mark andre Fleury have. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, when you when you talk about players that it, even though they're producing at a high clip can probably give you maybe just a little bit more and that could become the difference. Shea Theodore, Alec, uh, Alex Petrangelo certainly fit that bill because we've we've seen those degrees before. Mm-hmm. And I think your assessment in terms of Petrangelo, where it just seems like every time he's gotten to a point where where he's getting more comfortable and he's starting to look like the Alex Petrangelo everyone expected him to be, there's been a setback. I'm very curious to see when Alex Petrangelo gets back, how long it takes him to kind of get himself back up to speed at that point, and then just how dominant he can be the remainder of the way leading into the playoffs because when you've got Mark Stone going the way that he's going and you've got Alex Tuck and Max Pacioretty and Jonathan Marcheseau going at their clip, if you've got two elite defensemen playing at that high caliber too, it makes you very difficult to beat in the playoffs. I don't think it'll take him as long to get back into a groove as after COVID or after a normal injury because from the looks of it, it's an upper body injury. Looks mm-hmm. like he, he took a shot in the arm. Uh, and you can still do all your fitness uh, commitments to keep you into the rhythm. You may not be able to take a clapper or, or, or take contact 
right away, but you can do everything else that's going to allow you to jump back in uh, certainly more seamlessly when when he's able to to work out with a full group and and practice. Uh, you know you know a name that neither one of us mentioned though hmm. in in that conversation who can step in and challenge and carry a team like Mark Andre Fleury and like Mark Stone is Robin Leonard. Yeah. And That's a fair point. I didn't, I didn't think about it until we just had that discussion, and the reason it jogged my memory was being able to jump in, and how long does it take you to to be able to get into the lineup after you work out with the team and you're part of the practice? Well, Robin Leonard's practicing and working out with the team. We're waiting, and, and we're hopeful that, uh, that he's going to be activated off uh, long-term injury relief uh, at some point uh, this week or, or next week. But there's a guy. That, that could certainly do that uh, in the second half of the season, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's absolutely that guy. I mean, we, we've seen Robin Leonard come in and just be absolutely lights out, and that eventually is what led to him um, – you know, becoming the starting goaltender in the bubble for the Golden Knights. And when you look at that playoff run for Vegas, it was it was not a a a series against Dallas in which they lost because the goaltending wasn't good enough. And that's not something that I expect is going to happen with the Golden Knights. Goaltending is going to be something that this team just simply is is it sets them apart. I truly believe that. But yeah, in terms of, of a guy coming in and, and playing to a level that, that can really propel you forward and, and possibly even get you to a place that is, uh, is greater than you, you currently are now, Robin Leonard can come in and be absolutely fantastic for the Golden Knights. And if that's the case, then you can go back and forth between two goaltenders that give you that type of performance every single night, again, making you incredibly hard to beat. So what's what's harder to believe? This team's 19-6-1, mm-hmm. first place in the West Division yep. with four points, biggest lead of the year. Or is it the fact that we've named three players who could raise the level of their game to a point where they can challenge Mark Stone and Marc-Andre Fleury as being uh, guys that are are putting the team on the shoulders and and carrying the group. And those three players are the best defenseman in the bubble last year for mm-hmm. the Golden Knights in Shea Theodore, the captain of a Stanley Cup champion, your star free agent acquisition in Alex Petrangelo, and your number one goaltender in the bubble last year. Those, like, those are usually the guys that are already doing it. <laughs> they're deep. They're a deep hockey team. Like they're They're a really good hockey team. The Golden Knights are very, very good. They're very complete, and they are deep. and And it's it's funny because you know when we're talking about nineteen six and one, and and making as as big a deal of it as we are, it's also under this this understanding that the Golden Knights haven't really been completely healthy since what the third, fourth, fifth game of the season. Like, there's another level that this team can take when everyone's back at the same time. And who knows if that's going to happen. But just the idea that this team could possibly be even better, it, it's it's crazy to me how good they've been and how much better they can be. And, and the best part to me, the best part is they're 19-6-1, and the last three games, people have been able to get into the building and watch. Yeah. And people are going to be there tomorrow night. And 
they're at twenty percent capacity, and we we hear the talk uh, uh, around the city and around the state that maybe those that number will go up with uh, with the larger venues. We're going to see more people get into the building, and that means more people are going to be in, able to enjoy this firsthand, along with those listening to uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas and uh, and watching uh, on television. It's it's a marvelous ride, but it doesn't mean as much with the electricity of those people in the building. And we went through it last year in the bubble. That was an awesome run to to the Western Conference Final. But you didn't like that vibe around town wasn't quite there no. because the 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 team wasn't playing well, in the city. We weren't encountering the, the people, right? And and now we're making progress on the hockey front, and we're inching back on the on the on the the societal front, and that to me is just as huge as the nineteen six and one having it come together a little bit. And, and I mean that crowd last night was was pretty hot too. Like that yeah. was a that was a strong crowd, very engaged in the game. It it felt like you could feel the difference, and that's saying something because you know the crowds against Minnesota had some energy and some bite to them as well. Uh, the uh, the the impact to me was on Evander Kane. He's done yes. a great job of staying out of the penalty box. Um, he has. Uh, like, the, the best, uh, arguably, of his career, of, of contributing and uh, offensively and staying out of the penalty box, he took two minor penalties last night. That hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, I think he lost his focus, got caught up in everything as well. The, the diving poke check didn't help him either. No. So there's, there's always that. It was over by anyway. then. Let's let's pivot and bring in Dr. Robert Odell, the founder and owner of Neuropathy and Pain Center Las Vegas for the VGK injury report. Dr. Odell, how are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing fine. Just getting back to my office here from treating myself with our wonderful electromedical device. Uh, I'd like to get into their locker room. Anyway, so what... that's a, that's a story for an, for another day. <laughs> Yes, and uh, above our pay grade. Uh, uh, you, were, you were treating yourself? Yeah, we have an electromedical device we've been using for years. The thing's selling like wildfire around the country now. It's the most advanced uh, electromedical device in the, really in the world, and uh, it actually reverses uh, neuropathy in, in people. Uh, use it in place of steroids as a profound anti-inflammatory effect. I have carpal tunnel syndrome in my dominant hand, my left hand, and I've been been uh, remiss on not treating myself. You know, you treat everybody else first. And I said, well, if it didn't get better in 10 days, and we go see my friendly plastic surgeon. And sure enough, by treating myself every day, it's gone away. You know, the, the numbness is only on the tips of the fingers. I've actually helped people uh, restore uh, motor function, foot drop, things like that. It's it's a, a very remarkable thing. In fact, I'd love to have you guys come and see the clinic sometime, you know, for context. Uh, as I, I don't just do interventional pain medicine and wellness medicine. We have chiropractors here and you know, we do the whole, we do everything, and it's just really a lot of fun. We're we're also going to get a headache study going well, with this machine and with some uh, fancy blocks called phenopalatine ganglion blocks. We are anticipating uh, some breakthrough in headache care because I've seen it, you know, in a few treatments in people. I'm going to get an institutional review board uh, uh, okay, and then do a series of, of patients, and then uh, and then submit that to a journal because I think uh, we have a tiger by the tail. There's a lot of technical stuff that I need to leave out, but it's it's a uh, it's really a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It, because one of the it, things nice about the machine is it, it, 
you can't know how many guys wants to drop on their foot. <laughs> In in terms of of a headache study, I mean, like, kind of what what are some of the the areas that you're that you're looking at, or, or some of the hypotheses that you have in terms of treatment with with headaches, and, and uh, is that different than maybe like a head injury or concussions or something like that? Well, headaches of any any all headaches are are uh, they, they vary by you know migraine are usually one sided with an aura tension headaches you start. You're upset first, and then you get a headache, and, and and there's some fancier ones that I used to know from my boards. Uh, but the final common pathway for these headaches is the nerves, occipital nerves that travel up through the head from behind the skull. And um, there's also in those headaches there's a there's a relay system in the trigeminal nerve, the middle ganglia of which the middle relay point is called the phenopalatine ganglion. That can be accessed through the nose with a spray. Then if we put the machine on the on the nerves that are going right to the head, uh, we are, are actually doing what we call the electrochemical block, a combined electrochemical technique that I developed along with the inventor of the machine. Now, it doesn't matter what kind of headache it is. It all has a final common pathway to cause the pain in the head. Remember, as most of you know, the brain really doesn't have any sensory nerves inside of it. All the sensory nerves are outside the head, and uh, if you know it's vascular, uh, you know if the uh, if the vasculature is, is, is squeezing down, and maybe that's stimulating the nerves like above where the occipital nerve is, that could be a problem. But we believe that with the uh, with this combination, and that's without even doing any blocks of the occipital nerves, that we might be able to really make a breakthrough. The SPG block has been used for migrainers, and uh, I think once a week for five weeks, it's it's approved for, and and, and I, I think it's paid. I, I'm not sure, but um, I really don't care because if we find something that really works, uh, um, you know, we're going to go forward. It, it's uh, this, this device is finally getting a lot of traction, and um, I've been fighting Medicare for ten years, trying to get to get them to pay for the neuropathy, and it's, it, that's another. It's like a three-hour story, but it's it's really been fun because we're making a difference in a lot of people's lives. Three-hour really story like stuff that's kind of out of the box, especially when there's no risk. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but, you know, there's no risk to this sort of thing. And and by the way, you were going to talk about fractures. As a segue, uh, they've been using electricity to help fractures heal for years, for years. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a machine they buy. In fact, I talked to a patient who was on one. He bought it. Uh, the insurance paid for it. And after 243 treatments, it shuts off and you throw the thing away. But he's using it for a for fracture. I'm not familiar with a particular one, the particular frequencies they use, but it is very effective to promote the healing of fractures, which yes. is kind of a micro, a small example of what this device can do for everything, including soft tissues. We've uh, covered a lot of ground here, Doctor. If uh, you've tweaked somebody's <laughs> interest and they want to get a hold of you, migraines, fractures, uh, how do they get in touch with you and uh, what can you do for them? Well, uh, 702-257-7246. And speak to Elizabeth, the new patient coordinator. And actually, we don't really care if the insurance doesn't match because I just want to do it on some people that if things turn out the way I think they're going to turn out, they have been on the handful of people I've treated, um, we're then going to get an institutional review board study and uh, do it formally, you know, say 10, 15, 20 patients. But it's 702-257-PAIN, P-A-I-N. And it's, uh, it's remarkable because... Uh, 
Uh, one girl told me recently, the other day she, I changed her life. Uh, she's gotten rid of her migraines. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, don't come with fractures. you got to go to the ER first. Right. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. And, and usually with the fractures, of course, they, they do uh, using this uh, electrical device is a standard of care and, and, and well covered by the insurance and all that, as it should be, because that's been around for a long, long time. Dr. Odell, really appreciate your time. Uh, stay safe and uh, and keep us up to date with uh, with your progress. Yeah, I'd like, love to do this as often as you can. Uh, uh, keep me posted, and I'd love to have you guys stop by sometime. Will and do. Go Knights. Uh, go, go Knights. Knights. Go Knights. Uh, Dr. Odell joining us uh, as uh, he works his way through uh, the neuropathy, and uh, and obviously uh, migraines is something that, uh, that I know a few of us uh, uh, certainly uh, encounter and Boy, wouldn't that be amazing if you could uh, avoid that kind of pain and disruption to your life. Uh, Dr. Odell on the VGK Insider Show coming back with one-timers next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Go on to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Oh, there's a big game tonight between the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. Uh, the coaches... Yeah, don't see eye to eye. Barry Trotz against his former team. And Pierre Laviolette, when he used to coach the Nashville Predators, had a difference of opinion in running up the score. Well, they're going at it tonight, and it's Laviolette's Capitals who have the lead. And some history in this one. Let's go to Ryan Wallace for a live update on Alexander Ovechkin. Ryan. Alexander Ovechkin is now sixth all-time in goals scored. He picked up his 718th goal in his 1177th game. So he is now all alone at number six. Next man up that Ovechkin's going to topple over because it's going to happen is Marcel Dion with 731 goals. Then Brett Hull at 741. Yager, Howe, and of course Wayne Gretzky with 894. Though An interesting stat with Ovechkin in context with Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's goals per games played percentage, 0.60. Alex Ovechkin, 0.61. The greatest goal scorer of all time is Alex Ovechkin, and this is the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. Attaboy, that's uh, Ryan Wallace with a live update on Alexander Ovechkin and his chase and quest to become the all-time goal-scoring leader in the National Hockey League. All the games missed between stoppages, some injury, pandemic. You think, could he have been doing that? Would Wayne Gretzky be following around the Washington Capitals as Alexander Ovechkin chased him down? That's what happened when, when Gretz did it. Yeah. Uh, Phil Esposito followed him around. It was Phil Esposito who said to Wayne, I think he'd gone two or three games without a goal at that point, said to Wayne, can you, can you just get it over with so I can go home? And and Gordie Howe had a similar experience when uh, when Wayne passed <laughs> in. Okay, I, I like to get back home, so just do it. And Wayne obliged and uh, and made it happen. Who who are you rooting for, you guys? Let's bring in Jared Justice as well. Ooh, esteemed, uh, esteemed hockey commentator Jared Justice, uh, and I only—you guys know—I only bring in Jared Justice when I'm looking for the quirky or the different answer. Who are you cheering for in a game involving 
the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils. Mm. <laughs> Both guys. No, mm. no, no, no. It's, well, okay, so obviously you want the whichever, – whichever team loses, you want them to lose in a hilarious fashion, like a a goal getting waved off for offsides. Right. Well, New Jersey, New yes. Jersey won a game the other night in overtime. Yes, and it was called back offside, exactly. and they ended up dropping the game in in overtime. They that is won exactly what I want. And then they were sent back out there, and they lost. Uh, uh, or, and Buffalo's had a tragic season. And uh, did Taylor Hall come back? I don't know whether he came back tonight, I, but he was he took a shot to the head. Yeah, I don't it know just if gets he's come back worse yet. for Buffalo. I told Dave Gosher the other night we were, we were discussing things at work, and there was another talk of a player being scratched in Buffalo. I said, it's, they're just going in numerical order now, scratching people in, in Buffalo. That's what, it, that's what it's are come you, to. But who are, are you, you cheering for? I mean, I'm probably cheering for the Devils, but that's only because, I mean, I kind of like their uniforms more. <laughs> it's not just a, like, sad are, Buffalo from Buffalo. Where there were no the, buffaloes. Well, the Devils are wearing their reverse retros, and so are the Sabers. Um, I'm a big fan of the Devils wearing green. If I'm if I'm being completely honest, like it's 100% a Christmas tree. Uh, who am I ro- rooting for? Like I I don't know. Like obviously, I have to say the Buffalo Sabers because my wife is from Buffalo, and if I don't you say don't the Buffalo Sabers, no, I do, I do. She listens. Um, but like that. <laughs> That being said, I, I'm a little, like I'm a little intrigued by the chaos of the Buffalo Sabers, like not winning another game this season. Um, They're gonna win, and and it looks it looks so bad right now for Buffalo. Like I, I think I think the Sabers have to win a game soon before you know the entire oh, city man. of Buffalo becomes self aware. Um, yeah, I think I'm rooting for the Sabers. And, and now they're going to lose, and it's going to be my fault. You bring up the records here. Sorry, Jared. I just want to. I just want to tell people exactly what the what the records are between the these show. two teams. You don't have to apologize. Uh, Buffalo is six and seventeen with four overtime losses. Jersey's eight and thirteen and four. Uh, what like Buffalo will will reach double digits and wins? Probably. I'm not sure they right get to now, fifteen though. Right now, it's hard to see the Lost light. Lost 11 in a row. Yeah, that's good. Not good. Uh, the Devils get more bad news. Nico Heischer is out for another three weeks with uh, a sinus injury. Took the shot, and it didn't. Uh, it broke a couple of things. He's had yeah. sinus surgery. Ugh. He was uh, struck with a puck on February 27th. So the, uh, the first overall pick has been sidelined for another three weeks. Ugly. Yeah, it's, it's tough for the, the New Jersey Devils. I mean, it, they started off the season relatively well, and then they kind of go through a, a little bit of a COVID thing. And, and, it, and, and when I say a little bit, I mean, like, literally every single player on the team was at one point on the uh, unavailable COVID-related absence list. So it they just really haven't been able to get back in the groove since then. And then uh, Nico Heischer, who was out with an injury to start, the comes back, gets named captain, and subsequently goes down and is not in the lineup for a while. It's a, it's a fight right now for the New Jersey Devils. 
but I, I, I think that there's something there that they can probably build on with the, the understanding Heischer's going to get back and looking at what they were doing right earlier on this season. It just hasn't been right for Buffalo all year long, and they're without Jack Eichel. Like, I think, I don't know. This is this is a tough one. I'm still saying Buffalo. I'm here for New Jersey. Uh, Artemi Panarin back with the New York Rangers, but is not going to address the situation that uh, caused him to leave uh, the team for uh, a bit. And he said last night, it's probably not the time to discuss it right now. I have nothing to hide. I will address everything after the season. But right now, the focus is on the game and not those discussions. Uh, there was uh, an accusation that it was uh, like, like a planted news story from, from the, uh, the Russians uh, mm. after Panarin came out with uh, some comments that weren't flattering to uh, the Vladimir Putin. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Sorry. Yeah. I'll turn off my mic, but don't do that. Yeah, the the Rangers said that it was clearly an intimidation tactic being used yeah. against Panarin for being outspoken against uh, recent, recent political events in Russia. I yeah, I mean, I, I think that when it comes to Artemi Panarin and, and when it comes to kind of addressing everything that's going on surrounding this story, it makes sense to me as to why he would say, you know what? after the season that's going to be the time for this and you know i i think that that makes a lot of sense in terms of of the season and and where his focus is and uh we'll find out more information as time goes on and that's kind of where we're at with it I, i'm not just like cranking a hyperbole here yeah that's that's kind of stuff scares me yeah 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 i, like I mean you're absolutely right Russia literally elected a guy who they that's like bald, constantly taking his shirt off, and they're like, and he used to torture people when he was in the KGB. I just, I've, I've, and maybe I'm influenced by the the fiction that I've read and different uh, sure. spy novels, but that yeah. that stuff just gets to me, gives me the heebie-jeebies. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on from the Panarin story. <laughs> Just in case, like they're they're tracking this back in St. Petersburg. We're gonna have to get some food Darren, tasters. Is there a helicopter above your house? <laughs> Actually, there is helicopters all the time above my house. Those are his helicopters. <laughs> uh, Pekka Rene, Nashville Predators, yeah. will not be traded before the NHL trade deadline, which means he will not be traded this year. He's in the final season of his two-year contract. So uh, they're, the, they're going all out to keep Pekka Rene as a career Nashville Predator. Is that the right decision? Because there's a couple of teams that could use a goalie. Do, mm -hmm. could, do you don't think Colorado Ooh. wouldn't take a goaltender right now to help out Philip Grubauer? The Knights. Knights don't need a goalie. We got uh, we got one coming back. He keeps playing 17, 18 games. No, but uh, Robin, Robin Leonard's around back. the corner here. <laughs> got to pass this. one through waivers. <laughs> don't make me Chapman you and, and turn off your mic automatically. Hold on, I, I gotta check something right here. Does does Pecorina have a no no trade clause? I don't know. You can I'm you looking. can go on and check it, but that's right, he's, the, got uh, he's got googling a, on air. He's got a modified no trade no yeah, movement so clause. They could, so they like, could do something. Well, they could if he wants to go. But they've I, taken I all think... the pressure off him. Well, I, I just, I mean, he's got to agree to it. That's my point. Like, yeah. if he doesn't want to go, then if, if it is 
Pecorine's desire right now to be like, nah, I want to re- I want to retire a Predator. I don't want to go to a contender and try to win a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't understand that. But if that's what he wants to do and he, he's just like, nah, I'm good. But then, players have been when, in that position before where the management goes to them and says, yeah, would you mind waving? Can you give us four or five teams to that point? Hey, you remember Cole Caulfield from the World Junior Hockey Championship? And yeah, the how'd that go for gold you? medal winning team USA. Yeah, uh, I remember. So Montreal Canadiens do not plan <laughs> on activating him before the, the trade deadline. Although uh, he could join them after his NCAA season ends. There's a there's a difference between the NCAA and the NHL. The Canadians general manager Mark Bergevin says we'll wait until the end of his season and then he can join us afterwards. That that to me is a non-story because why like anyway like why would he join them before a season? I know that there's a lot going on with uh, with COVID and and various things, but Wisconsin plays uh, the University of Minnesota in the Big Ten men's uh, tournament. I just don't yeah. like you can't if he's still playing college. Yeah, it's moot. No, you can't activate well, him. Yeah, but I mean it's it's something to talk about in Montreal, so that's fine, right? That was a non-story. I apologize well, yeah. to yeah. everybody. <laughs> you're the but, one who brought but, it up. But, I know. <laughs> okay, and, you bring it to one-timers when you're sitting on gold from Kyle Dubas. Like, I what know. are you doing? Okay, here's what are you doing here, here. Here's the Toronto. I wanted to wait because I didn't want to make. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the entire one-timers, but here is, yeah, you did. Here is the Toronto Maple Leafs becoming the center of the hockey universe uh, when they don't need to be the center of the hockey universe. Like, look, this Toronto, is the, this have, is one they, of the they have to be. This is one of the ultimate look at me stories, and we all have those friends or acquaintances who are always look at me. Look what I'm doing. Did you hear yeah, what weird. I'm doing? Yeah. It's weird. I know a so, guy. Really? Am I that guy to you? I didn't say you. Huh. That hurts me. It's I'll have to reevaluate. For a reason. Oh, okay. Thank you. Come on, I was, Darren. I was getting a little bit worried there. I didn't. What I didn't. Are you doing here? I, I was. I was a little bit self-conscious. So this is this is from General Manager Kyle Dubas of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have had a great regular season in the North Division, the non-contact league. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's rare. It's a rare time. This is quoting Kyle Dubas, when where probably a rental is a better fit. But that said, it's something that that they feel that we can improve our team long term. We'll find a way to make it work. So normally, general managers go out of their way to avoid a rental because they don't want to give up something just mm-hmm. for a couple of months. Toronto yeah. has once again gone against the grain and said. We'll do a rental. Doubling down on that, uh-huh. uh, they say that they're not against trading a top prospect. Mm-hmm. Who says? Who goes out there and says, "Yeah, we'll deal a top prospect," Kyle and Davis. and we'll we'll trade that one of those top prospects for a rental? <laughs> Kyle Dubas. This this <laughs> press conference today, media conference. Is one of the most spectacular look at me's I've ever seen. Let's, and there's let's and, just... and we want to make the trade now. Yeah, we would like to make it immediately because we want the player to get in and and uh, if they have to quarantine. 
That that part I get. Mm-hmm. But don't tell the world that. Hey, you listen. We, we want a rental, and we're willing to give up a high-end prospect for a rental, but we want to do it right now because it best benefits us. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> give me fair value, too, by the way. This is like your friend who wrote, like, just finished reading a self-help book, and it's like, oh, you think that you're, like, connecting with people. Oh, no, you're not. This is not how business works. You actually have to put stuff out there in order to get stuff back. I sent the story to a couple of people that I know and just yeah. wanted, like, was I was I reading the situation wrong? <laughs> you were not. <laughs> and I wasn't. Am I dumb? Or did he say this? Yeah. I, I Where, what am I missing through this? That you come out well, and say, I want to make a trade now. Yeah, and the trade deadline's not for twenty-seven days. Uh, I, I'm willing to give up a top prospect. Who yes. wants to part with the top prospects <laughs> unless you have to? But you don't say, ah, uh, you know what? Take a look at my 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 future pool over here. And the other one is, uh, I'll take your rental, your short-term rental for a top prospect. It, how how much of this? And and I don't know. But, like, how much of this is Kyle Dubas understanding what the trade market's going to be or having an idea of what player he wants in his head and what the cost is going to be, and he's getting out there in front of it to allow his fan base to chew on the fact that he's going to get fleeced in a deal? No, it, it's... <laughs> he read the secret. Ryan, He's Ryan. trying to put it into the world. Yeah, yeah, the secret. Yeah, You're right. There, there You're is. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they've had a good season. Like, there's no reason why, why you you. They, it sounds like some, a, a, a trade that Brad Treliving would want to make, because he's just changed coaches and he's trying to get into a playoff position. But he's Toronto's been a first place team. So there you go. That uh, that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I can't spend any more time on it. Uh, Evgeny uh, Malkin left the game uh, tonight against the Boston Bruins with an apparent injury. Just wanted to bring you up to date on that. And then Dan Vladar is score uh, is, uh, playing goal for the Boston Bruins tonight as they continue to uh, change things up. Uh, they've been really riding uh, uh, Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask is close, but Dan Vladar, who you remember, played in the bubble last year uh, during one of those crazy games for the uh, for the Boston Bruins. But there's, uh, there's some uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Bobby Ryan was also... Uh, out of the lineup tonight, and I think that's uh, completely up to date when it comes to one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League for this Tuesday, March 2021. Isn't that awesome? And the music lasted the entire segment. Weird how that happened. Like, we we didn't even two-foot that landing. That was pretty good. Alexander Ovechkin, do you guys hope he does it? Why not? He's. What do you mean? Hope he's going to. Yeah. You think he's going to pass Gretzky? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like he's won a Stanley Cup. What else is he playing for right now? Yeah, he's got to get the new deal. Sounds like the new deal is going to get done, but uh, I don't know whether it's a foregone. It's certainly not in my mind a foregone conclusion that he's going to do it. But uh, if there's anybody there uh, that that I'm would root for, I love Alexander Ovechkin and just how much he. Loves to score goals. People who are enthusiastic, like Mark Stone 
and mm-hmm. Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, what I appreciate about them is they're not too cool to show you that they enjoy the moment. I am a huge fan of the way Alexander Ovechkin celebrates goals. Yeah, you're just not and, too cool. And that he can continue to score the same goal over and over and over again. You're right. Uh, we will take a break. We'll come back with uh, catching up with Jared Justice as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Developing story coming out in the last couple of minutes regarding the Vegas Golden Knights. Ryan Wallace has been tracking that uh, through Cap Friendly. Cat Friendly tweeted out uh, about seven minutes ago that the Golden Knights activated Robin Leonard off of LTIR. However, to clear the cap space needed to activate him, the club had to assign five players to the taxi squad. That's Cody Glass, Nick Haig, Patrick Brown, Dylan Coughlin, and Logan Thompson. Uh, this makes Vegas cap compliant, but leaves them with a roster of 20 and $38,000 and some change in cap space. Roster of twenty isn't bad because that's the only the only players you can dress anyway. Sure, so that's not bad. But one of those players is Petrangelo. Yes, Alex Petrangelo is included in that twenty man roster. So uh, the current defense for the Golden Knights in terms of of who would be eligible to play tomorrow uh, is Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, Nick Holden, and Zach Whitecloud. So I wouldn't anticipate Alex Petrangelo playing tomorrow night. I would. Uh, the way I would size that up is he goes to a long-term injury, and it's retroactive to uh, when he was hurt. Uh, I'm just thinking out loud here on sure. that, and that frees up the uh, the cap space uh, to uh, to make a couple of other roster moves. Yes, but, uh, I... but Rob, the important thing here to look at is Robin Leonard's been activated. That's the. Yeah. the important piece of this entire <laughs> thing robin leonard is is getting closer and closer and closer there you go uh, getting it in just under the wire before catching up with jared justice who uh, joins us for the daily producer segment uh, today occupied by jj i mean we have literally a minute left so what do you got for so, us come on my basic something. question is what is the <laughs> worst way for your team to win Worst way to win? Yes. If the other there team scores no on themselves. Okay. What? I was thinking, yeah, yeah like, uh, okay. That's like not old, bad. Or a call, like, I was thinking about the called off, like, goal, where it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. I guess we win. They didn't, I mean, well, we didn't lose. But at least you go through the act of winning yourself in a shootout. Yes. If, if the other team just banks one in off their own or shoots it into their own net by accident, that's mm. kind of disappointing. Nope. They, they all count the same. There is no worst way to win. Really? Yeah. Huh. Aren't like, you just, like, if, all if, warm if and it's fuzzy? A, if it's an own goal to win the Stanley Cup, you still win the Stanley Cup. Huh. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Skate. Tomorrow, San Jose will be at T-Mobile Arena to set it up for you. Four to six on Fox Sports Las Vegas.